The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello everybody, you're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast, presented by GD4GD, I'm Jacob, alongside me, Tate. What's up? And Sage. Yep. Sage, you got your mic the right way this time? Huh? You got your mic the right way this time? Yeah. Nice. It's facing Um, me. Since we watched Coda, I have seen four movies. I saw The Eternals, very meh. I saw the French Dispatch, the most Wes Anderson movie of all time. God, I it was see it so pretentious and obnoxious. <laughs> that sounds like it's right up Tate's alley. Oh I man! Um, and then I saw a very good movie last night in Soho. You know, I am interested in that because Matt Smith Dude, is in that, right? Matt Smith, Thomas and McKenzie, the girl from Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh. Um, She's also in and old. old. Oh yep. God. And Anya Taylor Joy, mm-hmm. and the Queen of Thorns, Diane Rigg, from Game of Thrones, Elena Tyrell. Oh yeah, yeah, and Terrence Stamp, Chancellor Valorum. Yeah, I might need to watch that movie. General Zod, dude, it was very good. I um, mm-hmm. it was wild. It was a wild movie to watch. Pretty trippy. Um, I in my review on Letterboxd, I said mesmerizing. Um, Thomas and McKenzie was fucking fantastic um i can't think of anything matt smith's been since doctor who is he the one that was in uh the uh uh the uh the uh he's in the crown yeah i never watched that but wasn't he in the leftovers matt smith no that's christopher eccleston i want to say he did some broadway stuff but um yeah he was also supposed to be in rise of skywalker but his part got cut before he even tried on a costume um theories out there that he was supposed to play the brother from the clone wars or that he was supposed to play a young emperor clone um but yeah he was not um he's going to be in the new game of thrones prequel and then so the fourth movie i saw was one that i was highly anticipating um i saw both last night in soho and this movie in the same day 1 30 in cheyenne then i drove down to fort collins and i went to a fathom event of sylvester stallone's Rocky Four, Rocky vs. Drago, the ultimate director's cut. Whoa, that's pretty intense. Is that something that Rocky awesome. vs. Drago, the uh, Andre the Giant one? Andre the Giant's not in any Rocky of them? movies. Rocky Two. Is there one of them that kind of looks like Andre the Giant? No, Rocky Two, Rocky <laughs> fights. Um, Who Creed looks like again. Andre the Giant? I don't know. Rocky Three. Rocky fights Mr. T. Rocky Four. Rocky fights Ivan Drago or Dolph Lundgren. Rocky Five. Rocky doesn't fight. Rocky Balboa. I can't. It doesn't. It's not important to he fights, but that was a fantastic movie. Rocky Five or Rocky Balboa. Um, Rocky Five sucks. Anyways, um, it was awesome. It was fantastic. I was surprised with it, the movie was supposed to start at six. They surprised us. They surprised me. I think everybody else knew with a live interview with Sylvester Stallone live from Philadelphia. Um, that uh, w- w- Some guy from Turner Classic Movies was interviewing him just about the cut and whatnot. And Sly actually put out an hour and a half documentary about recutting this movie on YouTube for free. So I'll definitely be watching that in the coming days. Um, hmm. So this, yeah, this director's cut was not available and it hasn't been available to like nobody's seen it. Correct. Last night was, or I'm sorry, Thursday night was the only night it was going to be in theaters. And Friday, it is it hit video on demand. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, it was, I, I really liked it. It was the original Rocky Four I love, but it was very 1985. Um, and Sly Sloan said the same thing. He said, there's, there's so much heart in this movie that we cut out because we wanted to make it 
80s and hip and cool there was a talking robot happy birthday polly um in the movie and stuff like that so yeah okay we um we are brought to you by gd4gd um head over to gd4gd.com and buy some dope gear because ten dollars of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner which is currently pink agenda pink agenda is a nonprofit focusing on raising money for to help fight breast cancer and research breast cancer we are also in the midst of a contest we have a few entries already um i would actually like to read two wonderful reviews that were left for us thank you to both of these people for leaving them um from bonnie dune i know who this is i'll just say thank you to the person from down under um who is actually living in the states what i love the most about this podcast is the variety of movies they pick everything from new releases to classics comedies to tearjerkers there is something for everybody in every mood definitely a fun listen even even shit movies like old Mm -hmm. and uh tax collector and Mm -hmm. uh uh what's the one stage picked I can um, never chronicle. I can never chronicle. remember that one. So even the shit movies. We got and them all. One from an anonymous person, Ragor Monster. That sounds kind of scary. <laughs> uh, this person said, sounds like my kind of movie. Talking about Coda. They titled the review Coda. We're watching it this weekend with friends. Thanks for the review. I appreciate your thoughts and y'all make me laugh. We will continue to try to make everybody laugh as we are here to have a good time. So the contest, we would like you to have a good time as well and maybe win some free merch, a uh, free movie, a free Blu-ray or 4K. And if you would like to come on the podcast or pick the movie that we review, all you have to do is leave us a review or tell a friend about it and then provide proof for one of the two. So screenshots work perfectly and either email that to us at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, DM us on Instagram gd4gd.movies or you can tweet at us or dm us on twitter at gd4gd underscore movies um any of those way work those ways work just do it and i like the idea of let's keep reading off every like when we do get some good Mm -hmm. reviews good or funny or whatever they are when we get some good reviews let's just air them on here i think that's funny i like it are you muted? muted oh my yeah, sorry. Let me know if you can hear the furnace in the background. Definitely. Definitely can. Yeah, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? <laughs> it sounds like my computer's overheating. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. It's Age's house overheating. It's cold. Uh, what, I, what I was saying while I was muted, you can hear the <laughs> roar of anger in my household at the thought of it, is if you leave a bad review, I'm going to read it. Ooh. Roar. <laughs> Shivers. All right, let's let's get into your pick, Sage. Um, unless anybody else has any other thoughts. Oh, on and his headphones are off. Reviews and whatnot. Okay, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. Um, I, I should I should also bring up we are recording this on a Friday night. Uh, Wyoming just lost to Boise State, twenty three to thirteen. They did cover, although that didn't help me because I had them in a parlay with the over and over twenty one and a half points for both the Boise State and Wyoming. So I lost that. I also had Wyoming money line pretty heavy. Um, always gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred Gambler or one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred. Or call me yeah, and so I'll gamble I'm, your money for you. I'm. As the kids say, down bad right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's silly. But let's, uh, Sage, it was your pick. It is your pick. We've already seen your, seen your movie. What was your pick? Sage. Oh, my God. How long will it be going for? It's okay. Just, j- just, just turn your mic on. Just turn your mic on. It's Listeners, I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. It's okay. We're just going to explain it to the listeners real quick. Uh, Sage's heat is on and it's very loud, so I apologize. Hopefully it's not throughout the entire episode. Um, If it is, I'm sorry, but unfortunately this was Sage's pick, so we kind of need him to speak this episode, so he can't just have his mic muted the entire time. Sage, what was your pick for the I don't know, fifth time? I turned turned the thermostat down, so hopefully it goes away. And hopefully, just just throw a blanket on. You'll be fine. I'm, I, yeah, I'm okay. Cold. That's not a problem. <laughs> All right. I just can't yeah, hurt the ears of our awesome, beautiful, 
potentially Taiwanese listeners. <laughs> <laughs> potentially. I love Sage's love for Taiwan. I um, love Taiwan. Okay, I picked Castle in the Sky by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, trying to watch all of his movies. Uh, I'm pretty close now. So this is just another... Was this um, his first movie? It was his second. Second, okay. What was his first? We'll get into more on that on on the other side, but yeah. Well, and there were mixed ones where like he was a co-writer producer. I saw some of those, and he did some like short TV stuff. Yeah, but I think this. I'm pretty sure this is his second full length. There it goes. It's gone. Uh, This is his second full film. Um, and his first one was Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and I watched that, and I really liked it. It was very weird that even for Miyazaki. Um, this one was definitely, uh, this is an easier entry point for anybody that might be a little bit hesitant to get into, uh, Japanese animation movie. Um, it it piqued my interest. It, um, of the, of his movies in general rankings, it's usually in the top five, somewhere around three or four, usually with Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle. Quick synopsis for it. A young boy and a girl with a magic crystal must race against pirates and foreign agents in a search for a legendary floating castle. Yep. Um, Sounds very Miyazaki. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this voice cast, uh, American version, is low-key, very good. Anna Paquin, James Vanderbeek, the big one, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. Cloris Leachman, um, and Jim Cummings. We'll talk more about Jim Cummings on the other side, though. Am I the only one that doesn't know a single one of those persons except for Mark Hamill? Um, like I said, we'll talk more about at least one of them on the <laughs> other side. Okay. Um, all right. Any any other thoughts before we move on to this review? Nope. I was nope. just picking another oh. Miyazaki, so that's all I had for you. It's on HBO, baby, which is big. Yes. Yes, it is on HBO Max. It is, yes. Um like I believe all Miyazaki all of, movies are Studio G. I think all Studio Ghibli. Yeah, I think there's more than just Miyazaki. I think it's a lot of others too. Rock and roll. All right, we'll see you on the other side. One day, everything changed. I'm not sure how I survived. I was all alone. Looks like a body. Whoa. The way you fell from the sky, I thought that maybe you were an angel or something. What? Yeah, I had to catch you. It's Laputa, a floating island. An island that floats in the sky? Yep. Most people think it's just a legend, but my dad actually saw it. Nobody believed him. I am going to prove that my dad was no liar. Look, my stone's glowing. It's been in my family as long as I can remember. That crystal is extremely powerful. Almighty, come back here! There are pirates chasing us, and the army's right behind them. I want that crystal! Somebody's got to protect your friend. Hmm? It's my fault getting you mixed up in all of this. Are you kidding? This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. You've bungled things, sir. And now I must fix them. I wonder who that guy is and what he's doing with the army. And to try to use the crystal's power for selfish reasons will bring great unhappiness. You know, the odds are against you. They simply don't understand. The same technology that kept Laputa airborne also made it a major power that once dominated the entire planet. Shoot anyone who resists! What will we do? Come on. Beyond that cloud is a floating city that no one here on Earth believes exists. We're going in! We have an emergency. Heads up! The way to Lakira has been open! Arrest him! Please let me come with you. I need to save her. Oh, this thing is alive! Stop it! You're destroying everything! Like Shita and Patsu know, 
Ethereum is something good to own. Wow. I own own Ethereum. When you said that you had something to bring us in, I was not expecting that, and I fucking love that. Um, But I will say, I I went down a crazy rabbit hole on Crypto Reddit. Reddit. On Crypto Reddit. Not rabbit. Reddit. (laughs) I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit. Crypto Reddit. Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) About if this movie inspired the name and logo of Ethereum. Never go down a crypto Reddit rabbit hole. Because this is one of the comments on there. I made a po- I made a post about this before, but the witch hunters went on a hate crusade to tell me how stupid I was, which is fine because ultimately I'm 100% confident that phenomena such as telepathy, precognition, remote viewing, and clairvoyancy are real. Scientists are now demonstrating quantum entanglement in the laboratory. Einstein's spooky action at a distance. Also, the empirical evidence is overwhelming. Watch the YouTube videos of Dr. Dean Radden, lead scientist at the Institute of Noatech Sciences in California, to see the results and meta-analyses of thousands and thousands of experiments. This is anecdotal, but listen to this incredible... uh, Nothing to do with (laughs) the castle in the sky. Just a random... Guy was just really mad that people were were witch-hunting him. (laughs) So don't Reddit. don't don't go down Reddit crypto. Reddit holes. is a dark web. Yeah. Reddit, yeah. Reddit Reddit why can't I say Reddit? Why can't Reddit. I just speak today? <laughs> <laughs> I just said Reddo. Reddit. And they're saying, do you have a frog in your throat? <laughs> yeah. Yes there is. I I must. Yeah. I must. Um But speaking of it was yeah, I mean you probably did find out in your early diggings that um Ethereum was kind of based on like I mean a little bit based on this movie. I, I stopped as soon as I saw that comment, and I saw that comment pretty early on. Oh, um, early on. So <laughs> I, I, I was just like, okay, I need to get out of here. I just read that um, the it was like an inter- there. I didn't see the interview, but I read that there was an interview with the guy who founded um, Ethereum or started Ethereum, and he said that when he was looking for a name, he googled science fiction, um, uh, like yeah, I guess mineral or just science f- fiction names of minerals or crystals or things like that i don't know um and ethereum was one of the ones that popped up so it said that it's kind of like ethereum from the movie is is what sparked the name for him to call it ethereum i don't know if he like ever it sounds like he never like saw the movie and he was like wow that's what i want to call it um it's just looking like he was looking for just a cool name um and googled science fiction movies um that had this so but i when i I mean, in the movie when he was just like, oh my gosh, that's Ethereum. Or he's like, these rocks are filled with Ethereum. I was like, what the? And I had to pause it. And I didn't have subtitles on until that point. And I turned them on to see if he actually said Ethereum. Um, and then I started Googling. And they spell it with an I in the movie. And the crypto is with an E. What? That, the, the subtitles spell it E-T-H-E-R-I-U-M. I, think I don't that, watch I movies that's in how English with subtitles. No, it's not. Oh yeah, it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, I guess I've always just seen ETH. That's weird. Um, okay. Um, initial thoughts for you, Sage. I liked it. I I mean, animation's always impressive. Um, I do like watching uh, his older ones too, because you start to see um, kind of recycling of settings and themes and even faces uh if you have seen a lot of his films you'll recognize uh, a few of the faces in this movie and some of his past or uh more uh later movies are you thinking um, of mother the mother and the father oh mother to me which ones are those in what are they in she's like spirited in the away They're both in spirited away the father is like the spider coal guy mm. oh yeah interesting yeah, yeah. Um, but even some of the side character, you yeah, they just even just feel familiar, I guess. But there's also this major theme, um, of clouds that is definitely, if you see his earlier films, a lot of them are in clouds. I mean, he has a lot of movies that are like about castles and the sky and stuff, 
<laughs> Castle of the Sky. <laughs> but like he has uh, Castle of Cagliostro, Porco Rosso, one's castles, one's air flight. It's like, yeah. Anywho. Oh, and there's Howl's. Um, yeah, and there's Howl's Moving Castle. That, yeah. So th- there's... The man likes castles. You see a lot castles. of the building blocks. Yeah, he man loves castles and crazy mystical plots. But I think the thing that I liked the most about this one is that the plot was probably the most succinct of all of his movies. Like, a lot of them start off with a pretty clear plot and then we'll get into this later probably but and then it like totally derails and then goes into some crazy thing and then ends up at some kind of similar resolution you would expect but from a totally different way, angle but this one was very um it was yeah a much more clear path from a to z which in some ways is great and in some ways yeah i don't know those are my initial thoughts i guess Tate, initial thoughts? Um, yeah, I think I, I think Studio Ghibli for the most part and Hayao Miyazaki always hit. They never really, so far, all the ones I've seen, I've never been upset or finished it and been sad I watched it or mad I watched it or anything. I think I'm always glad that I watched them, basically, is what I'm trying to say. This was, out of all the ones that I have seen, this definitely isn't going to be my favorite. Um, like Sage said, I think it was pretty on point, which we'll get into it more with the plot probably, but... Um, the other movies that I have seen with him do more of like, as far as like, they are a much crazier, um, much weirder, unique. Um, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, whatever, what do we call it? Creative in the last one, uh, like with, um, Howls, even though he didn't write Howls or anything, but this one seemed very, um, simple as far as like plot wise goes. Um, yeah, the other plots kind of meander and whatnot. Yep. This one was very straightforward. Um, very simple, very like easy to follow. And I do have a question about that um, when we start to get into the plot. But, yeah, I think I was just a... I don't know if bored is the right word, but more bored than I was with other Hayao Miyazaki films. Um, But, yeah, Jacob, you can go. Um, Yeah, my initial thoughts were I I enjoyed my time watching this movie. Um, I like Miyazaki films. I don't love them like you guys kind of tend to do. Um, They're very... This one felt very, I kind of said it in the pre-review. It was much more straightforward. You guys have also said that. And it's a very easy entry point for somebody that maybe hasn't watched a lot of, this isn't necessarily more mature animation, but it feels more adult-oriented animation. Um, Like this movie isn't made for kids. Like Pixar stuff kind of is made for kids, even though Pixar does a very good job of making it both adults and children enjoy those movies and they make very good movies, but um, his stuff just seems more high concept, if you will. Um, And the note on that I have down is uh, one of his more conventional movies, um, at least from the ones I've seen, nothing super duper crazy happens. I mean, even the castle floating in the sky isn't something that is just a, crazy thing i mean the designs of all the ships are still very similar to being what we've seen in other miyazaki movies um yeah i i enjoyed my time watching this movie it took me a long time to get through just because i had i was watching it in the middle of the afternoon i had dogs to let out then the dogs wanted to eat and the time just changed so they thought they got to eat at four o'clock but no they have to wait till five silly so, dogs yeah they Benjamin Franklin really kind of screwed my watching of this movie over. Um, I'll forgive him, I suppose. He also invented bifocals, so which I don't have. So never mind. Fuck you, Ben Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I think for the most part, it sounds like we're all kind of on the same page as far as this is a much simpler Miyazaki film, um, which gets into my first question about it. Did you guys see at the very beginning that it said G kids? Hmm. Like right I, before, I guess I, right before any like right like, like in the opening Ghibli credits, kids. yeah, like Ghibli kids. Yeah, and that, I mean, like, now that you bring it up, it definitely I it, can kind yeah, of remember that seeing that. I think this was a kids Ghibli film, and which made yeah. like when I saw that, I was like, "Gee, kids!" I was like, "Oh, I was like, that's weird." Maybe I was like, "I haven't seen that in other Hayao Miyazaki or Studio Ghibli films." 
that I have seen. And I was like, maybe this one will be different. And then right. So right from the beginning of the movie, I kind of already had this in my head. I was like, maybe kids movie. And at the end, and now that I've seen it, I'm like, yes, 100%. This is a kids movie version of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Um, but I was just curious to see if you guys saw that, if I was crazy, um, or if you knew what it was, but yeah, no, um, I, I, that's yeah. a good point. That's probably, you're probably spot on with that. Um, let's, let's transition this into a little bit of story. And, uh, while we talk about story, any kind of designs that stick out to you guys, uh, as we're talking about them, bring them up. Um, I've got the Google open of castle and sky search results. And one of the pictures on the, uh, screenshots for the trailer, um, is the robot. The robot gave me big time, like, um, Iron Giant vibes. Yes. Definitely. There is some major, yeah, we'll get in some others, but yeah. I, I was going to say BFG, and I was like, wait, it's not the big fucking giant, it's Iron Giant. Oh, yep. big friendly giant, not big fucking giant, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's not very G kids friendly of you, Jacob. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed this story overall. Um, and I, I, I did enjoy it for being kind of more straightforward, I definitely enjoy kind of the more, I guess, high, not highbrow. What did I say earlier? Um, high level. Yeah. You said high level earlier. Okay. Is this a good breaking point? Yeah, sure. G kids is a, it says it's the producer and distributor of award-winning feature animation for both adult and family audiences. Since 2010, the company has scored an, an astounding 12 Best Animated Feature Oscar nominations. Um, they did, Jacob, Wolfwalkers. Hmm. But on their also on their page, the home screen is Castle in the Sky by Hayao Miyazaki. So G-Kids is the producer and distributor of award producer and distributor is that the same as a studio like studio ghibli um i mean yeah so like with most movies are going to have multiple studios involved um i'll use the most recent star wars movies for example the force awakens you had disney you had lucasfilm and you had bad robot bad robot is jj abrams production company uh lucasfilm is the company that owns the rights to star wars Disney is the company that owns Lucasfilm. So you've got you've always got multiple production companies for the most part. Okay, um, so this was then, a movie done by Studio Ghibli and G Kids. So G Kids sounds like it's not Ghibli related at all. Um I don't know, maybe it's still maybe it is. It could be. I have no idea, but it sounds like it's not. Hmm. Anywho. Um so that's what G Kids is. Anywho. Um, Interesting. means it's definitely in this realm of animated kids and family-friendly movies. Yeah. Um, okay. I was saying something earlier before you found that, which was um, I enjoyed the more high-level um, Miyazaki movies more, but I, I did appreciate it for the story that it told. I thought it was an intriguing story, yet somewhat predictable. I mean, I didn't necessarily predict that the castle was going to, they were going to blow up the castle um, and whatnot, but I liked it. I thought it was a nice kind of friendly, family friendly, happy little story and um, nothing big in the story really sticks out to me necessarily. Um, I think the character development for our two main protagonists was done really well. Um, You get your kind of typical villain type of stuff. That was a good little twist of Mark Hamill's character. um, Muska. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Thoughts on kind of story as a whole or whatnot. Yeah. There's a certain element that you want to bring up. Um, yeah, I mean like plot wise, I think I, I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed all the characters. Um, I thought that it was, I mean, yeah, I feel like I've kind of said my piece that I think it was, yeah, just very straightforward, very, um, simple as far as his movies go. And I think that like predictable is maybe a good word, um, or just maybe not predictable, just not crazy and not surprised like surprising that it took uh, no no twists or anything it was just kind of like a nice enjoyable walk 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 in the park kind of movie um i think it was a little long i think that's um one of my critiques on this movie because it, it's two and a half or it's two hours and five minutes 
Um, I think that is one critique as far as plot should have been two hours. Yeah, or less. I think like I think I would have absolutely loved this if it was. That was a joke, but yes. Oh, okay. Yes, no, I, I... <laughs> but yeah, I think if it was like hour and a half or hour and forty, like even I mean hour forty maybe even long, but if it was like an hour and a half. I think I would have loved this a lot more. Um, I don't know, like thinking back, I don't know what you'd take out, but that's one initial thought that I have as far as plot is just came seemed kind of long. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I but I loved that the the um, mother. I loved her whole band of whatever they were after they're actually her kids. I have no idea if any of that is true or not, but I just loved the fact that they all <laughs> called her mother and mom. And, um, and I like that she wasn't bad. Cause I think I thought right from the beginning, there were going to be two groups of villain type characters, um, that were going to be competing with each other with their different goals of like what they wanted, like what they wanted to do. Um, and that there would be one protagonist, but I kind of liked that mother in that band of maybe children. Um, They're pirates. Pirates, yeah. Um, but still, maybe children. Or maybe yeah, no. I were like they pretty were, good, so I liked that. They were bizarre. Um, I I didn't love them. They weren't the best. Uh, oh, they were my maybe my highlight of this movie. I love. Yeah, them. I I don't know. I I, I like the stuff with Patsu and Shita more. I think. Um, they're just a little bit too off the wall for me. Maybe um, again, I, I didn't hate it, but it was just kind of like, okay, this is kids would really, really enjoy this movie is what I kept thinking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They provided probably the comedic element in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, think, yeah. Did the comedy I, hit for you, Sage? Yeah. I, I mean, the one that made the scene that made me uh, laugh <laughs> like pretty hard was when they ran into uncle Poe and the, um, minds and they're like Uncle Poe you have to help us we have the uh, army that turned on Sheeta chasing after us and also pirates coming after us and he's like oh swell and then he turns <laughs> around and they just start following him <laughs> that made me laugh pretty hard that one Ooh. got a good lol out of me that's pretty silly but um, yeah I think it might be like a risk reward factor with the Miyazaki movies like the biggest risks he takes um the more with the plot the more i guess uh confusing and exciting watching the movie gets so which could either be a big reward or not yeah for me that's like spirited away is a very unique and one-of-a-kind movie and you will never watch another movie like it and that's kind of the reason why it gets such a big reward for being a great movie and this one had it was like a much more, and that's probably the kids. So I've watched a couple of his other more um, kid-friendly movies, and this one definitely falls in their territory where it's much simpler plots. You can follow it a lot easier. Um, this, But this one does it in a way where it's more well done, especially as far as character development goes. Like, you just fall in love with Shida and Patsu in this movie, and you... Uh, like and appreciate the growth of mother and you um, start to understand the deviousness of Muska. Like it, he, he did a really good job of, and so I wouldn't say it was too long. I think it's probably anywhere over two hours is when it would start to get long for a Miyazaki movie, but I just have a hard time not appreciating the artwork of the movie um, from beginning to end. So um yeah, I, I would probably say it wasn't too long, but I think it. I'm probably going to put it somewhere near Nausicaa for me in the end, um, which was kind of it. That was a weird one. The plot was pretty predictable, but it had some weird elements where it gave it some risk reward status. But this one was just like a really freaking good grilled cheese sandwich. It's like one of the simplest meals you can have, but goddamn, when you make a good grilled cheese sandwich, it's better than a pesto pasta. Like it is just money. I think your risk reward is super accurate for um, how to describe this one for me. Uh, like at least I understand that a lot because I think yeah, he doesn't seem to take um, nearly as many risks in this movie as some of his other ones. As as far as uh, like being weird and creative, um, and 
for me, it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have any like massive swing and reward or hate. Um, so it's just yeah, right down the right down that middle. Good solid movie, but but it's done well enough where it doesn't like lose your attention. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You. Like I mean, it's it's so pretty and it's so like I mean that's the biggest thing about all of his movies is that it's hard to look away just because it's purely so pretty. Um, to watch and even though the time. plot is kind of predictable like you want to watch it progress even though you kind of have an idea of where it's going because yep. all the kind of little details and the building blocks have been put together very well yep and well and i guess also going off of maybe plot wise or maybe this starts to get into characters but um i thought that like when i was watching this i was trying to think about what we were talking about with howells um and we were saying how creative that movie was and imaginative and everything um this one, I feel like the most creative thing in it was the Iron Giant Man's. Like, I think that he was the most creative character and piece in this film. Because other than that, really, like, uh, Mother and her band of pirates is not too too creative. And they were basically, like, in a blimp. So it's like their ship wasn't too creative. Um, the Castle in the Sky is, I guess, creative. But... Um, you don't really like see it until the very end. You don't even really know that much about it other than it just floats in the sky and it stays hidden. Um, and then her crystal isn't even like too creative. I don't think like it's just float makes her float and kind of protects her, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure even now, I guess, but the iron giant man's I thought was so cool. I loved that his arms were all like weird and like had the spikes on them. Um, his face was all like distorted in size and he could, yeah, just protect and shoot, <laughs> just obliterating the entire beams? army. Yeah, <laughs> so sick. Um, yeah. Anywho, so I was thinking about creativity wise when you when also thinking about this risk reward aspect, and I think, yeah, he, he took less creative risks, um, and it was a very good, solid movie, but nothing crazy. Um, the exploding shirts were very funny. That was a funny scene. That was a funny scene. <laughs> Do you remember that, Tate? No. It's, it's when the, the big miner and the big son like, are about to fight. And, oh. Uh, the, <laughs> pop your hench, shirt. The henchman's <laughs> like, yeah, come on, pop your shirt. And he's like, and then he's like, oh. And then the miner huffs once. He's like, bitch. And then he does his. That is the moment, I think, that also finally... I was like, yes, this is a kid's movie. Like, that was the moment where, like, they had that fight scene where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so silly. Um, this is definitely just for some enjoyment. But, yeah, um, I am going to make a reference good. and rip off a podcast called A New Untold Story, uh, otherwise known as Anus. <laughs> um, if, if you shop at gd for gd these shirts won't break. They won't shatter like the ones in this movie. <laughs> they that That's they will that. not. <laughs> Is that the joke? I can. Yep, I can promise you that the GD for GD sweatshirts and shirts are all shatterproof. They are shatterproof. We can. I'm liking this that. movie because those shirts shattered. <laughs> Only people that listen to Anus will get that. Anyways, um, <laughs> what the, the um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Some somebody is laughing really hard right now, and I'm very happy that they are. Um, the little tiny spaceships, or not spaceships, uh, ships that they look like Thrawn. Yes. Mom, I thought we were gonna talk like, about this. Are these ornithopters? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, uh, Dune reference for anybody yeah. that villain, villain movie, he, he watched Dene it when he was a child, when he was just a little baby. For a second, I was about to be like, Sage, Dune was in 65. What do you mean? And then I was like, oh, wait, it's a book. They still have to interpret what they see. <sighs> yeah, he totally he totally saw this yep. movie. Yep. So now we have two modern-day references, Ethereum and Dune, Castle in the Sky. Not bad. Not bad Not for bad. a movie from 86. Um, anything else on story, or should we move on to some character stuff here? I will say that I liked. Um, oh, well, this will probably bleed into characters. Um, That's called a segue. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, so I, I you, liked the little anything, detail sorry. of. I was just gonna say, is there anything about like the ending? I don't no. know if you're gonna talk about that. 
It's not right. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I was just trying to think if there's anything else, but yeah. Okay. You can go ahead, Sage. Huh? Trying to think if there's anything else plot wise before we moved, but I can't really think of much. So you can go ahead. Tate's having an aneurysm. I'm really tired. His internet is also. I don't we know, can... man. That was crazy. <laughs> I just said I was going to do something. And then he was like, wait, 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 wait. Do I want to do something? Uh, no, no, no. You can do what you're doing. Yeah. That's basically what happened. <laughs> uh, a little detail that I loved going into characters was the accent for the voice actor for Sheeta and how her voice kind of had that little, like a little, uh, it was almost like, yeah. Uh, did you not notice that her voice had this like, it was a weird accent. accent. It was a yeah. weird accent. And there were some times where she would say something and it would be a little <laughs> different. And you were like, we were like, whoa. Well, That's she was not- voiced by Anna Paquin, who is a New Zealand Canadian actress. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I saw that after the fact, but um, I she thought- was going to be in the uh, upcoming Kurt Warner movie. Okay. <laughs> not- <laughs> she was an X-Men too. Wow. I'm not sure I caught much um, of an accent, but. Yeah, it was. I think broke. my segue between plot and uh, was that they used her accent for Sheeta to um, emphasize the the. Um, oh my God, what was the name of the city in the sky? La, I wrote this La down. Puta. Laputa. Um, Laputa. 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 The Laputians um, went to the northern area. So she almost had that like Laputian accent. So I thought that was something they were going for, which was a fun little detail that I thought. It also sound, sounded really pretty. The, some, you, it was only like a third of the things that she would say. But it, like every once in a while, you'd like catch her say something kind of weird. Like it was, and it was like, oh, that's nice. But yeah, she was very, very um, nice, nice. Mark Hamill also plays the uh, main antagonist in this movie, which always makes me happy. Um, I love Mark Hamill as an actor. I don't necessarily love him as a person, but um, he's just a fantastic voice actor. Um, A lot of people that watch DC animation think that he is the greatest Joker of all time, even better than uh, Heath Ledger. But um, insert Mark Hamill Joker laugh now. (laughs) well and let's not ignore his biggest role as a voice actor that's fire lord ozai in avatar the last airbender oh i didn't know he was in that oh yeah yeah he's major fire lord ozai vibes from muska there is like yeah it was killing me for half the movie. I was like, who is this voice actor? And I had to Google who the cast was. And then once I saw it was Mark Hamill, I was like, that evil, villainous voice acting son of a bitch. He is a and good then, voice actor. Dude, and he, he does the villain really well, too. He does, he does yeah. really well. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and then Jim Cummings, probably one of my favorite voice actors of all time, uh, played the general. He played characters, this one you won't know, such as Hondo Onaka. But you know what I always say, speak softly and drive a big tank. But you know what I always say, speak softly and drive a big tank. I know that. That's the blue-nosed elephant dude in episode one, isn't it? No, he's a week away from the Clone Wars. That sounded like the blue-nosed elephant dude, though. I know who you're talking about. Hmm. It wasn't the best impre- impression. Yeah, it sounded like Anakin's. <laughs> it was pretty good about something. Was he like man. Anakin's pimp or something? Oh, Wado. No, yeah, him. The guy that's ah, on his I can planet. See that. Yeah, um, his home planet. And then he does one of my favorite characters of all time. <coughs> oh, <coughs> ribbit! <laughs> Just a sec. Winnie the Pooh. That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> that was that not right what I was now. expecting. Christopher Robin. No wonder you had to clear the high pitch. Where are you going, Christopher Robin? Are you going to skull again? I'll be here all forever and ever, Christopher Robin. Is that what Winnie the Pooh sounds, sounds like? like? 
Kinda. I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I even have a picture in my head of what he sounds like. I don't even know if I know. Well, let's let's pull it up for you guys. <laughs> Is it weird that I just want to go? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not him. Um, okay, this is a this is a good one to watch. Uh, t- you're gonna have to bump up the um, the pump pot up the for this. Pump it up. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's get dangerous. These are all his characters. Oh, oh you know, girl, look at here. Let's get dangerous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's you know great. Right. Let's get dangerous. Let's get. Dangerous. There's Hondo. Dunk. What is a dunk? Oh, mother. Let's get um dangerous. Don't ask me for cock, cause it's kind of evil, <laughs> evil poo. Let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. It's hard to roll the other in the dangerous, cause it comes in the wrong spot. But do it. Oh yeah, man. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> The hyenas, man. Uh, 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 let's get uh, uh, dangerous. Let's get dangerous, chap. With a slice of cheese on the side. I'm already dangerous. I don't have to get any more dangerous. Humphrey the bear. <laughs> let's get dangerous, but do it safely. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> Let's uh, get a danger. <laughs> oh, God, he looked weird on Let's that one. Get dangerous. <laughs> but you knew that. Yeah, so he's a Disney voice actor. <laughs> there was yeah. a, there's a lot of those that actually did bring back some memories. Yeah, that I would true. have never, ever been able to dig up other than seeing the face and hearing the voice. Anywho. Yeah, so Jim Cummings. I love Jim Cummings. One of the most talented voice actors out there. And who's Vanderbake? Vanderbeek, that's a dope name. Well, that's how you pronounce his name in Dutch. Who are you talking about? The other voice. Oh, actor. we did. Um, he was in Patsu? Dawson's Creek. Patsu, yeah. He was oh, in Dawson's man, Creek and Varsity Blues. I think I said Patsu's name wrong in the past, but that's okay, I guess. It's like P A T S U. Oh no, it's P A Z U. In the movie, yes, I know, but it's pronounced like it's like P A T, yeah, Patsu. Um, yeah, James Vanderbeek was in Dawson's Creek. Never watched it. Varsity Blues. I've seen it, um, and probably other things. But those are the two big things that jump out to me. Um, I, I think everybody did a really good job. Clovis Leachman as Dola was very good. I'm not overly familiar with her. It looks like she was in the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Young Frankenstein, Last Picture Show. I think she was. She's a pretty big actress, and I believe she actually died this year. Um, is Dola mother? Yes. She died. Uh, yes. Okay. She died in January, January 27th, 2021. Um, 94 years old. Uh, Spanglish she was in, which is not a movie to be known for. I guess I'm sorry. That's a great movie. Probably illustrious career. Spanglish um, is the dope. But yeah, I, I think, I think people that are older than us probably, uh, are mad at us right now that we don't, um, know who she is necessarily yeah i definitely recognize the name but um also my dad is a little bit upset with us that we don't know who richard chamberlain is from the dune episode the guy you thought should be playing thufit hawir the guy that i thought oh Mm -hmm. yep don't know who he is but he looks good for that role my dad was like he texted me he's like what the fuck you guys don't i don't think he said what the fuck i'm sorry dad he um (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry dad (laughs) he said i can't believe you guys didn't know who richard chamberlain is but I, I don't mean to put it's not the first curse words in Richard his... Chamberlain, John Candy. We'll just make a list. Yeah. Yeah. Add, um, add uh, Dola to the list. Anyway, yeah, though, I, but characters I wise. Um, yes. I, and we can talk about not just the voice actors behind them, but um, maybe who kind of stood out and whatnot as well. Yeah. To me, the one that stands out the most, like Patsu is great. I mean, he's a very likable main character, works hard, energetic, fun, um, I don't know, easy to root for. Um, and then, obviously, that's the same with Sheeta. Um, she's just super nice, super smart, um, and uh, kind of just strong. She's a pretty tough girl. 
Um, and then, but mother to me is the one that stands out the most is like the character I loved. And I think that's cause she kind of has the most, like, at least I think like from the very beginning, you like Patsu and you like him in the very end. Um, you like Shida in the beginning, you like her in the very end. Um, Katsu, Matsu, what's his name? The bad guy? Patsu. Oh, Muska. Muska. Muska is one where you're kind of like, uh, questioning, questioning, don't like. Um, and she's the one where, to me, I started out like I thought she was the main villain at the very beginning. Um, and so I was kind of like, ooh, don't like her, don't like her. Um, and then that turned. And when that turned, I really started to like her because um, I thought that she was really smart. Um, she's really driven, but um, I mean, to be a pirate, but also she was just funny. She um, clearly just loved being a pirate and controlling all these ships and going after all these people and the army and everything. Um, I don't know. She was just great. She was my favorite. She had a huge appetite. She just took a bite into that pork roast and just well, like watching her, off yeah, like eat a that two-inch ham. thick pork chop and just like swallowed it whole. Yeah, <laughs> they all had a big appetite. Yeah, I love Japanese animation for that. Yeah, it's fun. She was so good though. Wow, I just loved how. Well, and I love how they're all like, "Mom, mom, they did this," and she just like, "Shut up." <laughs> she like, "Go I mean, do this." They were like the only protagonists that were not Shida and Patsu. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird scenes, really weird when they ate the egg off of the bread. They just like yeah. slurped it up. That was a weird scene. I was like, what, 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 what am I watching? What's happening? Just eat, Jacob just it got it. cold and solidified because they had to run away from everyone. Cause he cooked it like an hour earlier. Like, no, I know, but it is it just, <laughs> yeah. The, ja- the <laughs> animation of eating is so good. It made him giggle. Yeah. They don't really have chewing down. You just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think those are the three, and then uh, the bad guy, Pat, Cat, Matt, Muska, Muska, um, were like the only four that I think really stand out for anything to talk about characters wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were all pretty great. But I think Mother was my favorite. Yeah, I I think Patsu is my favorite overall. Um, I mean, you said it; you like him from the beginning. Um, but I don't know; he's he's a badass. He's what twelve. Yeah. He put the oh, yeah. he put no the idea. team on his back. He was like, Sheeta, you stay here. I'm gonna go climb these vines thousands of feet in the air and on the bottom of a giant floating rock and just like take care of business. And then she gets captured and he's like, Perfect. I'm gonna come save you. And he just did everything that he needed to. He did do and pretty much. What's that? What's that wall climb in uh ninja? American Ninja Warrior. The Mega Fork Wall. Oh. He basically did that. Oh, uh, fuck. The Mega Fork Wall. It's like the incline. The Mega Fork Wall. Yeah, like the vertical wall or something. The Mega Fork Wall. Yeah, but they call it like the something. The Mega Fork Wall. Uh, anywho. The only Anyways. time I ever watch American Ninja Warrior is like when I accidentally leave sports on too long. And like fall asleep on the couch. Yeah, wake he was up at twelve years old, and it's barefoot, and he did the vertical wall climb. He thousands he, of feet in the air. He was very clutch up until he. I thought he was a total dingus when um, she was just like, "Take the crystal and run," and she gave it to him through like the f- eight foot wall or whatever they were trying to reach through. And then um, right after she gives him the crystal, he just uses his last bullet blows a hole in the wall and then puts it in his mouth and goes after her. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I mean, I guess he I don't know what you do. Yeah. And yeah, he, he learned from his mistakes of leaving and doing what she said before. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I liked, I mean, I guess I, I liked that he went after her, but I just thought it was kind of silly that like, she was like, take this crystal and run. And then he uses the gun to like blast a maybe How smallish supposed to hole get out of there. That was the only way into where they were at. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. It was just seems that was the only thing where I was just like, "You goose." No, he was in love. Save yeah, your bullet. He was in love. Save your bullet. <laughs> well, and then when he was like, he also was not You're that wrong. good at negotiating. Ribbit. He was wrong. just like, "Hey, You're wrong." He came out with You're like wrong. a pretty good, um, to wrong. like the guy Muska. He was just like, he's like, I won't. Um, shoot you or whatever. Oh fuck! What did he say? He was just like, wait one sec, because Muska was like, 
I'll kill he said, like, her. I'll, 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 I'll give kill. you the crystal. Just give us a minute to talk. And he said, okay, you're 60 no, seconds. No, but he, he went back. He, like, started out with, like, um, oh, he said, I don't have the crystal. And if you kill her, I'll never tell you where it is. Um, and I was like, ooh, nice one. And then Muska was just like, he was like, I'll kill her if you don't give me the crystal. And then, so he just basically went back at him and just like one-upped him. And then he was just like, all right, I'll give you the crystal. Just give us a minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just went. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah, that was the he knew that she had the spell under her. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, and I don't really understand that spell also. It was the destruction spell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho, that was a well, pretty funny it, scene. It for destroyed her. stuff. It did. That's, what don't you understand about the destruction spell? It was it a did. destructive spell. There wasn't really much else other than that. Yeah. It destroyed all the technology. No, yeah, so no, nothing against that. It. I just thought that he was kind of a ding dong in his negotiating. That's all my point. But he's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I don't. I guess I fuck. All right, guys. I'm not even gonna try and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a perfect movie or anything. I'm not but... trying to like dig holes in. I'm just saying, yeah, I thought this was silly. No, no, wrong, wrong, crazy, wrong, boo, wrong, boo. I wish I had that crystal. I have a terrible fear of heights and of falling. falling. Do you trip a lot and fall? No, but I have a terrible fear of heights, so that would be very comforting to know that I have a crystal that will save me if I'm falling. So that would be nice to have a crystal to save me if I was falling. Then I could I whisper that, secret sage spells to make Tate shut up. I would say that I have a rational fear of heights. I don't have an irrational fear of heights. Like yeah. if I'm in a Ferris wheel, I'm like, oh, totally fine. I'm not worried about it. If I'm like standing on like a cliff edge with a bunch of like loose rocks at my feet, I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous right now because I should be. That's That's a natural thing that you're supposed to be. Mine's unfortunately pretty irrational. Yeah, yours is pretty irrational. Not terribly stoked about that part. Do you have a fear of heights, Tate? Not really. Do you have any any irrational fears? Not really. I don't either. <laughs> no, I think uh ah, I don't know about irrational fears. Yeah, I think I don't know, maybe mine are more rational. I have a My, lot. I don't know if I have, what are fears. <laughs> that's unfortunate. My only one is that I stop breathing at night and that's because I have sleep apnea. So that's Again, kind of a rational fear. That's a rational fear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any. Do you have any, Sage, besides heights? I'm afraid of tall buildings. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> looking at tall buildings? From, like, the bottom up. Yeah, oh. I can't I can't look up. So when I'm in big cities, I have to keep my eye level down. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't How... that part of your heights thing? I mean, like, sometimes when I look up at a really tall building from the base, my stomach goes, ooh, and I go, ooh, that's a funny yeah. feeling. Yeah, I get, I can get that, too. Yeah, yeah, I get pretty bad vertigo, and my head starts spinning and stuff. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it. I should see it. Good song. Another James Stewart and Alfred Hitchcock, just like her window. It's a good song right. by you, too. Um, so was this movie written by Hayao Miyazaki, or did he, was it written by something else, and he, like, adapted, and uh, he made the movie based off of writing? No, I think this is original screenplay he wrote, but I think it was animated by someone else in Studio Ghibli. Um, I did see on IMDb that he was credited as main writer and Jonathan Swift was the concept created by. Oh, God. Jonathan Swift was born on November 30th, 1667 in Dublin, Kingdom of Ireland. (laughs) 1667? He was a writer known for Gulliver's Travels, Gulliver's Ri- Raisin, oh. Risen, Case for a Rookie Hangman. Yeah, so I guess it wasn't completely original, but I don't know which one this is based on. But huh, I thought that was going to be like a modern day person that was alive. Not a. When I clicked on his IMDb picture, <laughs> when I saw a guy in a wig, I uh, I was a wee bit shocked when I saw this guy. <laughs> everybody go look up jonathan swift on imdb you'll get a yeah. good chuckle like sage just did so yeah it looks like it was directed and written by hayao miyazaki it was produced by isao takahata um oh yeah laputa is derived from jonathan swift's novel gulliver's travels 
cinematography by Hiro co-founded Studio G Studio Ghibli with Miyazaki. Isao Takahata co-founded Studio Ghibli with Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. Who is that? Yeah. The uh, producer. Okay. I can't tell if uh, it was drawn by Miyazaki. It might have been between the two, between everyone. I don't know. Yeah, I also don't know. But Um, the story was definitely Miyazaki's. Cool. Very cool. Um, It's just saying that box office, at the Japanese box office, the film grossed um, 1.16 billion yen, which is was equivalent to eight million U.S. dollars. Um, Overall, it did 15.5 million with a budget of 3.3 million. Hot damn! That's a good payday. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, score time. Yeah, probably. Okay, from the aggregators, an 8.0 on IMDb out of 10. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 78% on Metacritic. Um, since I'm here, I could probably give the audience score if we're curious about it. Um, audience score 91% for Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. Um, who would like to go first? I can go first. We'll let movie picker man's go last. Um, I thought it was great. Um, but I mean, like nothing too crazy, nothing too special, like we said. Um, right down the middle of the road, I'm going to give it a 75. Yeah, I um, I I pretty much agree with that. Um, I giving it a 76. Um, wow, you think you're better than me? Yeah, I do. Um, because wow. I, I can pick numbers <laughs> that don't in five in five or zero. Wow. Um, and I had that written down before you said anything. Um. I think I think we've covered it pretty well. This was a pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't want to say cookie cutter story because it wasn't necessarily cookie cutter, but um, pretty straightforward story that was um, absolutely beautiful to look at. Just as all Miyazaki films are, um, definitely enjoyed it. Not one of my favorite films of all time, but I'd, I would recommend anybody that is tempted to get into Miyazaki movies or Studio Ghibli movies or more mature animation um, to start with this one. Or who has a family, which isn't like kids, who isn't any one of us. But if you got kids, I'd say this is a great movie. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm probably going to give it an 80. I'm trying to because I have it. I have a list on letterbox of how I order them. And it's, I think between, I think it's five. So I think I put in 84 out of a hundred. Um, I think the reason it, it, it's above Porco Rosso. If you've seen Porco Rosso, that's another one that's very weird. Um, very entertaining, but also you're like, what the fuck kind of a third of the time. So I think it beats that one out because even though it was very straightforward, there were some scenes that were much more worth watching, in particular the robot protecting Sheeta scene. That was probably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah. And was very entertaining to watch. And um there are just a lot of really other well done elements to it. So it's not anything crazy, but I'm also the one that likes Miyazaki movies the most between the three of us. So that's probably not too surprising that I have the highest score on this one. Yeah, I want more of the Laputa robot just destroying things. Laputa. Laputa. I want more of that robot destroying things. This movie is awesome. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's fair, though. Are we all trying to pretend there are screens froze? Okay. <laughs> All right, folks, that is an average score of 78 on this movie. Um, Quick little self-promotion here um, and also promotion for the DeuceCast movie show. If you watch the show Yellowstone, I am breaking down that movie with the guys from the DeuceCast. Michael Nip and Dr. Earl will be live every single Tuesday on YouTube around 8 o'clock Mountain Time. 
The first half of the show is centered around whatever Marvel or Star Wars show slash news is out for that week. And then the second half, so to be safe, check in around 8.30, 8.45. That's when the Yellowstone stuff starts. But it's really worth uh, those guys over there, Garrison Rifen, um, also is on for the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. They know their stuff. It's entertaining content, just like we try to do here. So yeah. Around 8.30, 8.45 Mountain Time, I am on there breaking down Yellowstone, the latest episode. Um, it's a lot of fun. Come watch that. We have a contest going on right now. You, If you participate in this contest, you have the chance to win a free piece of Good Day for a Great Day merchandise. It can either be a podcast sweatshirt or up to your choosing. I will also buy you a 4K or Blu-ray of the movie of your desire um within reason there's some crazy ones out there that are rare i'm not gonna spend more than like 30 40 bucks on this thing hopefully like somewhere around the 20 dollar range if you would like to be nice to me um and you also get to come on the podcast if you so desire if not that's okay as well i get it we you don't want to come talk with us you just like to listen to us um you can pick the movie that we review um this is going to be going on for a month or two. So you, you've, you've got time, um, but do it, do it um, to get those messages to us. Oh yes. I'm sorry. How do you win this stuff? I should cover um, leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, send it to us on email GD 4 AM podcast at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram, GD 4 GD dot movies, tweet at us or DM us on Twitter gd4gd underscore movies um, with a screenshot of that review or you can recommend us to a friend and provide proof of that so whether it be a screenshot of your texts or whatnot um, and then send us that to those same outlets gd4ampodcast.gmail.com instagram gd4gd.movies twitter gd4gd underscore movies um, if you don't do this I'm going to send my lap you to Fuck, I fucked that up. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? Laputa? Laputa. Is it Laputa? Laputa. Laputa. Oh, so I did Laputa. say it right. L-A-P-E-W-T-A. So I'm going to send my Laputa robot after you. you go, he'll go boom, boom. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying that's how you pronounce it. That's oh, the, yeah. I'm going to send him after your home, and he's going to go boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Very nice. All right. We'll catch you next week at the movies.